Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey guys, Honor Monorail, and I can't wait to go visit Rule of Motion today. I'm so excited. I watched the ride through and everything. Alex, it might be a little tough, man. It uh, closed decades ago. Still, it's fun to be free. What? It closed down? I was really looking forward to the ride time. I love to get out of the heat, you know? Let the rides be free, man. It's fun to be free. Why do you keep saying that? It's so weird. And why is that poor centaur tied up? He would never know that it's fun to be free. Welcome to episode 221 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm Alex. Today, we will be giving the his on World of Motion. It might be funny hearing my voice, Alex, by the way, just to say, because uh, I was away. I was away last week, and yes. I'm back, and I'm out of my cast now. Man, it is uh, It is good to be free. It is, it's fun to be free, you could say, huh? I would, I would go on, yeah, you know what, I would go on a limb and say it. it's also fun to be free as well. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a good feeling. But um, anyway, if you want to watch us record these shows live, guess what? You can. All you have to do is join our goof troop at patreon.com slash dishispod. Yeah. Or you just go to any of our link trees, which are in the description of all of our episodes. So if you're listening to this, look at the description. You'll see our link tree uh, link right there. You can join our Patreon, which we call our goof troop for $2 a month. As little as $2 a month, you can watch us record live. You get to talk to the hosts as well as other like-minded individuals, Disney lovers mm -hmm. on a daily basis. We play games. We do giveaways monthly, which are we doing? When's our next giveaway, Alex? Do we have that planned yet? We do not have one planned, but we will have one in the near future for sure. All right, cool. I'm glad I put you on the spot there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, everything that you might want to know about the Diz His podcast, how to get in contact with us, all that jazz is right on our link tree. So you go check that out if you want to uh, even buy some cool merchandise. We got yeah. some really nice shirt designs that, uh, I don't know, whoever designed those did a really good job. Yeah, they I did might, pretty I good. Myself, they did but, pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And if you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email at dizhispod at gmail.com. That's dizhispod at gmail.com. And please, if you have the opportunity, give us a five-star review on your podcast listening platform. It all helps grow the podcast so we can, you know, maybe one day our Patreon will go down to $1 a month. Yeah, and you know what? You know what's even better? If we make so much money, we could do $0. And you know what they say? It's good to be free, Alex. It's fun to be free. So I'm not real familiar with World of Motion, or I wasn't familiar with Word of World of Motion before this week, because I am just a lad. Yes. I did not grow up with World of Motion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not know too much about World of Motion either. Yeah, but World of Motion, for those who don't know, is an opening day attraction at Walt Disney World's Epcot. It was the sole attraction in Transportation Pavilion and took guests through an audio animatronic tour of the history of transportation until its closing in 19. 96 what'd you call it before we got on the podcast you called it something you said it was the something oh, of something yeah i did not create that i stole it but i don't know who i stole it from so i am crediting whoever i stole it from it is the spaceship earth of transportation that is correct yeah if you if you don't know what world of motion is that is a great way to put it it is the spaceship earth earth of transportation uh myself never written this right as well when i brought up last week when i had scott on and then our guest i brought it up and they're both older men <laughs> older than us 
they went least, to Disney yeah. in the late 80s, early 90s, and uh, they loved that ride. They were like, oh, what? World of Motion? We love that ride. And watching the, watching the, um, watching the ride through, I could see why somebody would love it because it is very old school Disney. Absolutely. It's, um, I think one of the hosts on this podcast is the best. Uh, Disney does bad rides great. And this was, uh, I think I said that. Um, this was one of those bad rides that they did great uh, for a little bit before it closed. Um, it, it's just, I don't know. We'll see why it closed and we'll see, I guess, the reasoning and what took its place. But um, I don't know. This is like nostalgic Disney to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's as Disney as it gets. It is very Disney. Even though it wasn't, it didn't come out, we'll get into the history, but it didn't come out during Walt Disney's lifetime. It is very old school Disney for a lot of reasons we'll get into when we do the history. All right, well then, let's get to the his on World of Motion. Go where you please, with comfort and ease to see your The 1964 World Fair in New York City was a fantastic time for Disney. It's where they displayed their revolutionary audio animatronics. Disney partnered with titans of the industry like Pepsi, GE, and Ford. They premiered four attractions, which would later become It's a Small World, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, The People Mover, and Carousel Progress. These four attractions would wind up in Disneyland and become the cornerstone of what Disney expected from every attraction at the parks. After the success of Disneyland, Walt turned his sights toward Florida to expand with an East Coast park. He specifically was very excited for his experimental prototype community of tomorrow, Epcot. During the rough development of Epcot, Walt was having discussions with different companies for potential sponsorships. General Motors had seen Ford's success due to its partnership with Disney at the World's Fair, so GE was constantly in discussion for potential future partnerships. After Walt passed away, CEO Card Walker decided Epcot could work best as a park that focused on displaying and promoting the ambitious and progressive concepts for the future of American industry. Three years before Epcot even opened, General Motors signed on to be a sponsor of a pavilion. In 1976, GM invited Disney execs and Imagineers to their Milford Proving Grounds in Michigan. GM wanted them to see their test track where new car concepts were tested against flooded streets, rough terrain, steep inclines, and banked speed courses. This inspired the Imagineers to develop an attraction where guests would ride a vehicle that would have them go up against different tests and surprises. This idea, would, this idea would be pushed to the side for a dark ride concept instead, utilizing the Omniver ride function. You know, I, I, we don't have this in the history, but I did read somewhere that one of the Disney executives, um, while they were riding this, they were very impressed. That one of their quotes was, man, is it fun to be free. Just that wind in your air, wind in your hair, driving mm -hmm. down, doing all those different tests on the ride. So yeah. you can see why they would have added an attraction like this to the parks from uh, how much they loved it themselves. Now, what a great idea. What a great idea. A car company going in, sponsoring a ride based on cars. Because now, now anybody who rides that, maybe you're a little kid, maybe you're a little kid, right? This is now th – th these companies are brainwashing little children. So when they grow up, they mm -hmm. don't know why. But when they turn 17, 18, driving age, they want a GM all of a sudden. 
Yeah, because, yeah. Right? I guess. I mean, I don't know a lot of people who own GMs, honestly. Maybe we're not old enough. This this ride was this ride was before our time, Alex. We are we are the post GM generation, <laughs> or maybe it just was not a good idea to sponsor a to sponsor a a ride. But I do understand the idea because um, when, when you're little, you're susceptible to uh, influence, and this is a great way to do it because you get little these little kids, maybe adults. Uh, riding these rides sponsored by GM or sponsored by whoever. And then they, uh, when they grow up or they, they go car shop and the first thing in their mind is, is GM. I always wondered why, uh, these companies would sponsor certain rides. Um, but that's a good reason. Like Siemens company, uh, mm-hmm. they sponsor spaceship. I don't know what a Siemens is. Yeah. I don't know what that is either, but bad sponsorship. I mean, this was, this ride was built for this sponsor. That's, that's exactly the way to go. that's right. the way to do it. To be like, do on the ground floor. I'm sponsoring this pavilion. You're going to make this ride specifically for what I do. That way it's intertwined in the basis. I mean, they're exactly. like, you know, it's funny because they're like, you know, Ford did so well sponsoring or something. So they're like, hey, Disney, got any of those uh, sponsorships? Huh? Huh? You want to sponsor something? I'll sponsor something for you. I swear, I'll sponsor something for you. <laughs> I, I, I want to be like Ford. I want to be successful. Let me sponsor something. And eventually like, yeah, sure. We can do a pavilion. We'll do it up for you. We'll make a nice one. And that they did. Have you looked at that building when it first came out? The GM, the the building, pavilion building for GM. Have I looked at it? Yeah. Have you Googled it? Uh, no, no. What what would I Google? The GM world uh, of automotive world of motion. Oh, just the world of motion. Yeah, it'll pop up immediately. It's a very cool looking building. Uh, definitely, you you could tell when it was made. The way the way it looks is pretty cool. It looks when, like no no no. <laughs> it's just a circle. Yes, it's a circle. It's it, look up if you look up Apple Park, the World of Motion Pavilion is now in California. Oh uh, yeah, it does look very similar. Yeah, yeah. Every history repeats itself. Yeah, but this one had well, that one's a lot bigger. But anyways, um, a little bigger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a great looking pavilion. I'll get. I'll, I'll give it that. And yes, it's dated, but uh, at the time, I'm sure this looked like uh, a spaceship. Yeah, exactly. At the time, you're like, whoa. Is this the future? Did we just walk up to the future building? Uh, now it's it, you look at it, you go, oh yeah, someone was trying to be futuristic and didn't realize <laughs> where the future was actually going. But it, yeah, it's right. a cool looking building. <laughs> and and you know what? I do like the uh, the symbolism behind the pavilion itself or the building itself because word of motion, you have a circle, so motion, you know, continuous circle could be a wheel of a car. You know what I mean? It's just like it, it's um, very smart architecture. Because it does, it does uh, symbolize motion. The project was narrowed down to an omnimover dark ride about the history of transportation, which usually incorporated General Motors. By 1978, the ride concept was drawn up by Claus Coates, a Disney legend, who then presented it to General Motors. GM liked the concept, but thought it needed more humor and charm. So the Imagineers decided to call in Mark Davis, who had just retired. Claude Coates and Mark Davis previously worked together on Pirates of the Caribbean and The Haunted Mansion. With these two at the helm, there was no way GM wouldn't be happy with the final result. Now the team for the World of Motion was stacked, but it wasn't at the end of it. Claude and Mark decided to bring in Ward Kimball, creator of Jiminy Cricket and Dumbo, to aid in the creation of the ride. These three led a team to design the dark ride, which embodied the classic style of Disney ride storytelling and humor. By May of 1982, construction for the pavilion was nearing completion. The show building was 55 feet high and 320 feet in diameter. It was a perfectly circular building. Inside the sleep building was a 170-foot omnimover ride. 
the ride vehicles would pass by 35 scenes, which started with the invention of the wheel and ended with the speed tunnel. During the ride through history, guests would see almost 130 animatronics during the 14-minute ride, which allowed for 3,000 rides per hour. Uh, I would like my earlier comments redacted from the episode. Um, Ryan was 100% right. The colors of the building uh, were meant to look like a tire, not a wheel. Yeah, because a wheel would be brown, right? A wheel would be not the colors of a tire. Right. Probably just wheeler shaped. Um, mm-hmm. Got a question for you about this ride. Alex. Maybe I have an answer. I don't know. It's an opinionative question, so you definitely have an answer. Okay. This ride was around. This was this came out in 1982, right? It closed mm-hmm. in 1996. It had a 14-year run. Yeah. Would you consider that a success? Um, you know, maybe you wouldn't normally say it, but for the time, I would say yes because um we've done a lot of history for Disney and in the late 90s or 2000s, Disney parks were not doing very well at all. Right. So a lot of things closed down during that time. So for them to close during that time, I wouldn't say is a failure because a failure is something like a ride that didn't even last more than five years right. or 10 years. Right. So making that over 10 mark and then closing in the mid 90s, I think it is a success. Yeah, I agree with you. Um we will see what has uh, replaced the building. And I think the ride that replaced the building, it just shows that it really took a really strong ride to replace this for it to close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was a success as well. 14 years, uh, like Ryan is saying, his chat is long for a Disney ride. Um, so she said, like compared to superstar limo, Epcot is always evolving. And we have uh, Mike in the chat right now asking us, what do we think about the new Moana ride coming to Epcot? Yeah, always evolving. That's just a perfect, it's a perfect example. Uh, side note, I'm very excited for the Moana ride coming, or Moana walkthrough. Saw the pictures. We'll talk about that in This Week in Disney. Uh, but uh, the perfect example of Epcot's just always evolving. 14 years is a pretty long time for Epcot being outside of the World Showcase. Yeah. Um, it, it was... It was a... Um, what? How, how do I say this? It was a... Um, risk i guess i would say because it wasn't based on disney ip because if a ride is based on disney ip it usually sticks around for a long time right Mm -hmm. yeah when it's not the yava maybe you know like like ryan's superstar limo was came and went the fact that it was there for 14 years i I think that was a success and the fact that it has such a cult following yes like so many people love this attraction to this day and that success is directly from having Disney legends like Claus Coates, Mark Davis, and even having someone as artistic as Ward Kimball involved. I mean, those two guys, like I said in the history, um, they helped design Haunted Mansion and Pirates Caribbean, two of the major pillars of Disney parks. And, you know, when you when you watch the ride through, you can see that in the ride, you can see the definitely a, mo- a lot to do with Pirates Caribbean with the animatronic figures and how they're interacting with each other sure. and how, um, you know, just what they're doing in the scenes as well as Haunted Mansion a little bit, but more Pirates Caribbean. And I definitely think that is what made it so successful was being, like I said, in the intro or the beginning, a classic Disney ride, even though it wasn't around, it didn't, it didn't come out in Disneyland. 
It came out in Epcot, which is much later, but it's had that classic Disney animatronic feel. Yeah, I also love that they tapped uh, all these tapped the shoulders of all these different brilliant uh, minds and movies to contribute to the storytelling of the ride, which is something that Disney, I think, does best is uh, you're not just riding a ride for 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 screams and whatever. Every ride has a story. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you don't realize it, you look into it. Every single ride at Disney has a story. And um, it's, it's cool to see the names behind the uh, the minds of the people that create those stories. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. And 14 minutes. That's a that's a good amount of time for a ride. That's like living. It's on par with like living with the land, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's, you know, it's those Omni movers. And uh, like we we're talking about last week, I talked with Scott uh, and Eli. I believe, it was, I believe it was Eli. I'm bad with names. You know this. They were talking about how there was no wait times really in the late, late 80s because everything was Omni movers. Everything was continuously moving which is one reason why they chose to make it an Omnimover ride because they wanted that concept. All the big rides, like you mentioned, Horizons, they were all Omnimovers, which kept it going, allowed guests to come in and out really quickly. And um, that was why it was a 14-minute ride, but that's also why they went down the path they did of having it be a classic uh, ride like Pirates of Caribbean and Haunted Mansion, the original Omnimovers. Well, Pirates Caribbean's not Audi Mover, but no, but yeah, no, but I get what you're saying. Um, weird, I said living with the on part of living with the land. Living with the land is clocked at 14 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, yeah. All right. So as far as long rides go, there are only three existing rides in the Disney parks right now that are longer than World of Motion. Can really? you name them, Alex? Oh, so okay. So there's four rides that are longer than than this okay so one okay and, and i'll give you a hint one a is a conventional world. ride no that's 13 minutes but uh you're close. you're close so what is a conventional ride the other two are not what i would consider quote-unquote rides okay so you have people mover no Mm-mm. man i'm bad at this um how about carousel progress no these are these are oh wait oh so so uh people mover is 10 minutes and four <laughs> seconds you were close so um, one of these rides is at the Epcot, right? Okay. One is at Magic Kingdom, and one is at Animal Kingdom. So, Epcot, what ride? Epcot's long. I would say the aerial ride. No, I'll, I'll just give this one yeah. away. I'll give you one <laughs> guess per park. Uh, no, coming in at number three, fifteen minutes and thirty seconds is Spaceship Earth. Oh yeah, duh. That's super long. Mm. I take naps in that one. Of course, it's long. All right, now Magic Kingdom, you have one guest, and this is a very non-conventional ride. I doubt you've ever been on it. You doubt I've been on it? Because I was going to say it's the yeah. tr- the trails ride to go through the animals, but you're saying I've never been on this it. Is magic, this is Magic Kingdom I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, I've never been on this ride at Magic Kingdom? I doubt you've ever been on it. Yep. It's magic- not something that you would jump to ride at because it's not a conventional ride. I don't know what ride I've never been on that you would be naming. All right, Liberty Square Riverboat. Yeah. I've, oh, that's... Okay, so that's that's considered a ride. Yeah, it's considered a ride. It's 16 minutes long. I thought it was just a transportation. No, it's it's considered a ride because you'd go through the lagoon and. Yeah, um, I've never been on it. I've never been on it. And then number one is Animal Kingdom. Yeah, Animal Kingdom. Is that the is that the safari ride? 
Correct. That okay. cocks in at 20 to 22 minutes. 22 Kilimanjaro minutes? Kilimanjaro Safari. It can be up to 22 wow. minutes. Yeah, That's a long one. That's so kind one of interesting. Sure. Yeah. So, but you're going from living with the land at 14 minutes and 30 seconds. So that's where World of Motion would have been at. So World of Motion would have clocked in at number four or five on the longest attractions in all of Disney as wow. they stand today, if it was still around today. Next closest would be it's a small world at 13. And actually coming, I, I just have to read this list. Six <laughs> is Splash Mountain, 11 minutes and 45 seconds. Yeah, That's kind of hard to believe. I didn't know that. Yeah, it does. It does. The beginning is a big buildup for sure. Then uh, People Movers at seven. Jungle okay. Cruise is eight. Yeah. Pirates is at nine. Mm -hmm. And then coming in at 10 is Haunted Mansion at seven minutes and 15 seconds. Wow. Haunted kinda is that short? Doesn't yeah, I'd love that. to. Yeah, I know. I'd love to. Uh, it does seem like a long ride. I'd love to. Uh, one day we'll look up the shortest rides in uh, in Disney. That would be interesting to see because then we can look at the wait times for these rides. And then, all right, why is the wait time two hours for this? You know, two minute ride. Uh, hopefully you like those long rides because if you don't, you'd be screaming, "It's fun to be free." That's how I feel, right? As soon as I get off it, man. <laughs> The ride debuted along with Epcot's opening day on October 1st, 1982, and began by taking riders outside the show building. Guests would experience an elevated view of Future World as they rode up and around the building before re-entering the building for the first scene. The little song of the ride, It's Fun to Be Free, was written by Disney songwriters Buddy Baker and X Atencio, most famous for writing A Pirate's Life for Me. This song played throughout the attraction with the instruments and singers changing to match a different time period represented. The song first started to play during the first scene, which featured the invention of the wheel in Babylon. And as guests passed projections showing the development of early chariots and horse carts, they soon came across a piece of Greek history with the Trojan horse. This scene quickly moved to Leonardo da Vinci's workshop, where da Vinci was more focused on his Renaissance flying machine than on finishing his Mona Lisa painting. Guests were then shown the invention of the steam engine and its impact on such vehicles as steamboats and later in airplanes during flying demonstrations. Perhaps the most memorable scene of the ride occurred when guests were treated to viewing an early traffic jam with horses, automobiles, bicycles, and more trapped in a chaotic city street. Finally, the 20th century scene, which is full of ideas for the future. The automobile vehicles dash past views of modern vehicles before descending through a speed tunnel approaching a futuristic city called Center Core. Displaying on a large screen in front of the vehicles, as the cars pass through the screen, they travel around a model of Center Core before approaching the unloading area. Knowing what you know now about World of Motion, Alex, and having never ridden it, is this a ride that you'd uh, be interested in? Yeah. Yeah, because I love Pirates of the Caribbean. I love Haunted Mansion. I like Omnimover rides, and this is an Omnimover ride. You know, you know me. I love to get out of the heat, you know, get in, get in, get out of the heat, rest my feet. I love it. I agree with you, man. I'm a sucker for these slow moving, especially informational rides. I love the information yes. shows. Spaceship Earth is just a an S tier uh, Disney ride. Mm -hmm. um, this and this is uh, right in that same category as the uh, Spaceship Earth, except for instead of communication, it's it's uh, transportation. I would have loved to see this ride still exist today and maybe evolve to what we have today. I think that'd be cool. And then a preview to the future in today's standards. I think that'd be really cool. Maybe the uh, the the invention of the electric car being in there would be pretty cool because you know. How did that come about? What's cool about this ride, it's way different than the Spaceship Earth because they have projections showing stuff as well. So it's not just the right. animatronics. So they have projections as well as the animatronics. And I love how they set it up where they've had like a big scene with a lot going on. Then they, you know, hit a little scene 
a little scene, a little scene, and then a big scene with a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It was very well spaced out, very well uh, put together, of course, because the legends did it. Um, but I had to talk about one thing. And I was watching the ride through uh, again today. And man, that centaur. The whole thing is weird. Like, why does he have a, a why does he have chains? And why does he have a little girl chained up with like she looks like she's like I don't understand what's happening in this scene. I watched the ride through and I still don't understand why this was put into a Disney. Like, if you want, look at this, you'd be like, that's not a Disney, is it? Yeah, so I can actually explain that, Alex. That uh, the one of the lead Imagineers lost a bet and had to come up with the most egregious, outrageous scene that didn't make any sense having to do with the ride. Dude, it's um, insane. I do respect that they did touch on the fact that people did ride centaurs back in the ancient <laughs> times. Um, the chains, people the forget. little girl. People forget. Yeah, people forget that. <laughs> people forget centaur was the first mode of transportation. <laughs> Super, they couldn't have just gone with like Hermes like winged shoes or something. Like they had to go with a chained up chained up centaur. <laughs> no, the centaur's not chained up. He's holding the ch- chain that goes to the girl's hands. Well, who's chained that? We can't see. He's got his arms crossed. But he's holding it. He's in the power he? position. Look at that stance. That's a power stance. He he could be bluffing because he sees people are coming by. So he's like, oh, I can't show this. <laughs> he's like, this, he's like our, handcuffs. a centaur, very proud. <laughs> I can't show these handcuffs. I gotta cross my arms to do this power stance. And if I'm sorry for listeners, if you're wondering what we're looking at, you can Google it. You'll find it online. But also, a lot easier would be a Patreon member for as little as two dollars a month and being in the live show chat room while all these images are being up. We have Patreons throwing up different images for the ride that they think it's hilarious, like a guy using a spyglass to look in a dragon who's only inches second away weirdest. from his face. Yeah, second weirdest scene. Yeah, second weirdest for sure. Because the centaur takes the cake. Yeah, Centaur definitely tastes the cake because there's like a lot of questions. We could probably do a whole podcast on just that scene. Yeah, for sure. speculation. But um, back- I think so. I, I, I'm going to go to my 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 gut and say someone lost a bet and had to put a <laughs> random scene in this. Yeah, yeah, it, I, it's funny. But back to the ride itself. Um, I do like all the different kind of stuff going on. Like they do the bicycles and there's a guy who very reminiscent to Pirates of Caribbean. There's a guy who fell off his bike. You can clearly tell that's what happened. And he had fallen in a, a mud pile. Happened to have two pigs there as well. So he's just sitting in the mud with two pigs around him. Very reminiscent. Very funny. Very reminiscent. Very too. funny. It's a class. It's the classic comedy styles that Disney had gone with when they did Omniverse before. Um, that hence, absolutely. You know, that's what happens when you bring in these Disney legends, and they're going to go down to that path. And it works well for this ride. It's like I said, it's a yeah. it's a fun ride to. I found one online that's pretty good, or I should say one Patreon's found one online that's pretty good. It's an hour long because it goes over the history as well, but you can fast forward to just the ride through itself, which is the last uh, quarter of it. Very good quality, a ride through uh, of the ride. Which is hard because that was, it, it closed in the 90s, so it's hard to get a good ride through yeah. uh, video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, classic Disney, you want to get someone to laugh. Uh, you want to get a family that grew up in the 60s to laugh. Just throw a person in a pig pen with some pigs and some mud. Yeah. going to get a laugh every time. Every time. It's a knee slapper, as they would say. I, You know what I mean? You mentioned, um, you mentioned this ride might do well today. And I think it actually would do well. They never close this down. They never close this ride down. I think it would still be running today. I don't think people would hate it. I think people would 
think it's an Epcot classic. Nostalgic. Nostalgic yep. for sure. And I feel like it could be updated, like you were mentioning. Throw some mm-hmm. Teslas in sure. there. It could yep. be updated. It's not that crazy. They could change some scenes here and there. Yeah. I mean, have they updated? They've updated. Um, they've updated Space of Earth a little bit. Well, I mean, there was plans for that huge update that was oh, squashed yeah. because of. Uh, so they, at least they're thinking about it. <laughs> at least they're thinking about the updates. Um, it's not so far out of date because let's let's be real. They did update uh, Carousel of Progress. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. they did update, but let, let's be real. You don't want to see modern day stuff because you're you got it in your pocket. You know what I mean? I know, like it's, it's but not people have to remember the centaurs. People do have to remember the centaurs. They can't take that out. They can't take that out. Um, <laughs> I get to see the board meeting. Like, listen, you got to take the centaur out, or we're closing the ride. All right, then close the ride, and then the then the ride closes. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dang it. They co- <laughs> that I think they were serious. <laughs> Good job, Bill. <laughs> After disembarking their vehicles, guests could enjoy the Trans Center Post Show area, which was also sponsored by GM and featured many small exhibits like the Bird and Robot Show, which was about the robotic manufacturing of cars. There were also prototype GM vehicles for guests to look at, other transportation concepts, and the animated show The Water Engine. They even had a wind tunnel to show how cars are designed with aerodynamics in mind. This specific wind tunnel was moved from the Magic Kingdom's closed attraction if you had wings. World of Motion was a popular ride with guests, but as the 90s rolled around, Epcot was changing. Opening day sponsors would start to not renew their sponsorships, starting with Craft at the Land. GE would end its sponsorship of Horizons, leading to the ride's closure. The Imagination Pavilion would lose Kodak, and MetLife would exit the Wonders of Life Pavilion closing body wars. GM told Disney they plan on not renewing when their contract was up, but Disney convinced GM to renew on a year-to-year basis. During this time, GM eventually convinced Disney to change World of Motion to a new ride that focused on the future of General Motors, specifically their cars. This new attraction would actually pull from the original concept Imagineers came up with 20 years prior, a dark ride that focused more on a thrilling transportation-themed experience centered entirely around cars. World of Motion would close on January 2nd, 1996, to make way for a newer ride, Test Track. So this is what I was alluding to, is you need to be a great ride to replace a great ride. And not to me, but to most, Test Track is a great ride. Um, the wait time, I think, speaks volumes for Test Track. Test Track's always a very popular ride. I don't like Test Track. Do you like Test Track, Alex? So we've talked about Test Track, and I'm not a giant fan of Test Track just because I haven't ridden it a lot. Every time I try to go on, it's closed. Was something wrong right. with it? Uh-huh. Well, the wait time is ginormous. A lot, yes. And lot. I've gone a handful of times and been like, okay, so like, it's fun, and then it goes fast for two seconds. Like, you know, there's other stuff I'd rather do. Um, but if we could get Test Track to be changed to what they have over in Disney California Adventure, the Cars ride, that yep. would be something I want to go. I want to go on. But it's so funny. That the concept they end up changing in the 80s was the original concept they came up with when they wanted to do the ride the first time. Was this, this, you know, fast-paced, the cars are doing the testing, yeah. and they're trying to show how well the cars react. Mm. And I think that's so funny that they're like, we need to update this. And like, hey, just like in Disney fashion, you know, so many times have we done history. And they're like, oh, 
they come with this ride, but really what they did was they looked back and be like, oh, they came with this ride 10 years ago and just didn't go through with it. Well, now they did, and it's Test Track, which is one of the one of the most popular rides at Epcot. Is it not? Oh, well, I mean, today maybe. No, it still probably is. And, and that's kind of what I, what I wanted to touch on later in the episode, and now it's later in the episode, so I guess I'll touch on it. We're getting, a, we're getting rid of a lot of the nostalgic rides at Epcot these days. We saw the replacement of Maelstrom, which I love. I, I endorse the Frozen ride. Yes. Uh, but now we see Guardians of the Galaxy being put up there, which is, does not make sense for Epcot. But that's another story. That's another conversation for another podcast. Um, then if we still had World of Motion... I think Epcot would feel a little bit more nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that being said, Test Track, who took its place, yeah, that's got to be one of the top rides at Epcot, just behind um, Frozen and and Guardians. Uh, doesn't do it for me, but I'm happy for the people that it does do it for. I I, I think it was was a better ride before the um, before the remodel, and I do agree with you. I think it would be a great ride. Um, if it was cars instead. And Ryan just uh, reminded me in chat that Ratatouille did open. And that was another uh, IP and not original idea. And that's what that's what's missing from Epcot now, I feel like, is the originality of Disney rides. You're, you don't have any more of those original rides. You have all of those just IP rides. I love IP rides, Alex, but I also love those original idea rides. Your Haunted Mansions, your Towers of Terrors, and your Worlds of Motions, you know? Yeah, I mean... People think, you know, oh, it's IP driven, but then they forget, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean wasn't IP before Disney made it. Haunted Mansion wasn't IP before Disney made it. This is original Disney stuff. Right. This isn't IP they added to the parks. They made this IP by being in the parks. And World of Motion was kind of like that. It was it was its own thing. It didn't have anything incorporated with it. Now, if they were to still have the right around today, could they incorporate IP? Could they change it into a Cars? I don't think so. Test Track is more is exactly like the Cars right over there, right? That it is a, yeah, it's a clone. It's you know, it's very similar of how it works. Um, and I think I I would you know what next time I go to Epcot, I'm gonna try to ride Test Track. It's been yeah, a I while. mean it's not it's not a bad ride, Alex. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad ride, but there's just things I'd rather be doing at Epcot than Test Track. I'd rather for just you, not be at Epcot. I know, but I was going to say for you, Test Track might be your highlight of your day there. No, it's going to be Guardians. but Well, Guardians for sure. But, but I mean, yeah, you named all the great rides. Guardians, Ratatouille, uh, Frozen. I mean, my wife and I were at Epcot without the kids. We still went on Frozen. It's, it's a, a great, great ride. ride. Yep, it's a great ride. And maybe you Epcot will, be, will warm up to you because, what, three years ago, it was just Test Track and Frozen, right? Yeah. Now you got two blockbuster rides there. Um, well, I think I think Ratatouille, the immersiveness and everything makes makes it a, a great ride. I haven't been on it yet, but I, I, I know that's one of the rides that I enjoy. Um, we did talk about how Disney has not been putting non IP rides in the parks. Ryan in chat. Thank you, Ryan. You should have just been on the episode. Um, he said <laughs> the last non IP ride at Walt Disney World was Expedition Everest in 2006 ish. I love speaks that volumes, speaks volumes to the direction that uh the leaders of Disney are uh, taking the parks. Well, yeah, it's sad, but it's, they've been doing a decent job with IP rides. I just, I love the originality of the just original stories. I like them making movies out of rides instead of 
rides out of movies. Yeah, I definitely, definitely think, I mean, I get it. You don't want to put something up that doesn't have money already made. You yeah, know, you want to put yeah. something up that you're like, this is going to make money. It's a cash cow. But I agree. It, I think we've gone away from we're going to make a ride and then we're going to make stuff around it. But again, how long did it take to make, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean franchise after Pirates of the Caribbean yeah, ride? 20, 20, 30 years. So they're definitely not going to wait for that cash cow. That's for sure. But but Alex, you say that like you want to the, the money's already there, so let's make the ride now. But that was kind of Walt's thing is is taking a leap of faith with an idea that he had come up with or that someone had come up with and saying this is going to work. Yeah. And then the money and then the money comes. That's that we kind of lost that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. Test Track honors its predecessor with the World of Motion logo being found throughout the queue, and with one sign displaying a picture of Centricore and another with a text FN2BFRE, which spells fun to be free, being seen in the speed test power test portion of the ride. World of Motion had its own individual opening ceremony with GM execs a few days after Epcot's opening day. The last day World of Motion was operational, GM executives rode it one last time. But the ride broke down and they had to walk back to the loading station. The song from the ride, It's Fun to Be Free, will continue to play in Epcot until 2001, five years after the ride was officially closed. And there's the, um, there is the fun to be free. Uh, that's why we were saying fun to be free so many times this episode. In case you're wondering, yes. you're challenged by Ryan. A Patreon. Uh, a Patreon uh, to see how many times you can say fun to be free, which is the official song of World of Motion. Yeah. What is that so funny that GM execs were running it one last time? Let's do one last go around before they close <laughs> this baby down. And it breaks down on them and they're like, you know what? I do want this to close. Yeah, that's when that's like, you know, it, it's someone's giving me a sign. Like it's it's over. You're, but it's your funny because it wasn't being closed down because it was having technical difficulties. It's being closed down because no. they wanted to update it. Yeah. But yeah, that ride was just... like, F you guys. <laughs> it's time. The like, centaur. It's time. The centaur spoke. Yeah. It... <laughs> <laughs> we here at Diz has think that the World of Motion was inventive early Epcot attraction. Although we love Test Track, we wish it could have experienced its predecessor. Light up your magic with Disney-scented candles from Three Cheeky Chicks. Their candles capture the essence of your favorite Disney resorts and food, from the fresh smell of the Wilderness Lodge to the delicious smell of Ohana bread pudding. Each candle is hand-poured with the finest ingredients and crafted to perfection, making them the perfect addition to any Disney's fans' collection. Whether you're looking to create a cozy atmosphere in your home or give a unique and magical gift, their candles are sure to bring a touch of Disney magic to your life. So why wait? Light up your world with three Cheeky Chicks Disney candles today. Use promo code DizHiz20. Visit MagicallyScented.com and use promo code DizHiz20. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best, and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to DizHiz.com and on top, there's a link. (laughs) 
Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Hey, I'm Joe from the Diz His. And I'm Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. We will be teaming up to give one of the best travel experiences ever. I am a travel agent with Sandpiper Vacations. We are able to book any vacation destination around the world, including Disney, cruises, and all-inclusive resorts. We have been working here at the Diz His to become travel agents. And with our knowledge of the parks, we want to plan the best Disney trip for you. Using us as a travel agent, we are updated on the latest and greatest information about all of the destinations. We can help save you time, stress, and sometimes some money. Using our services costs you absolutely nothing. It is completely free to you, and we are happy to assist you with giving you more value for your trip. So if you're looking to book your next Disney trip, go to DizHiz.com. Check out DizHiz Destinations on the very top. So Alex, what did you do this week in Disney? Really did not do this much in this week in Disney. Um, uh, really not a lot. I've been playing some Lorcana online. Oh, um, can you explain what Lorcana is? To people who don't know what it is. You know, we talked about last week on the episode and um, it's a new tarot card game that came out for Disney and it's releasing on the first. But did you see that they released it in the parks on Monday, this last Monday? I saw it. Is, I saw it sold out in like an hour. Yeah, there was lines. There were lines at Disney Springs for people to go try to buy the cards because they were released early at the parks, um, for Disney's training card game Lorcana, which is a fun game. I I uh, I play it illegally online, uh, through a um through a uh, app or I just say uh, a program, and uh, so I'm able to play other people who are really liking the game and. It's fun. I can't wait to buy some myself. I, you know me, I'm not much of a spender, so I probably won't buy too much, but I definitely want to get my hands on some of the Disney Lorcana cards. I, um, hopefully my wife is not listening. I spent a lot of money on some Lorcana cards, Alex. Uh, how? $20, $20 a pack because they're not out yet. I, I bought them like a month ago when they, when they just came out at like some oh. Gen Con or something. And I do have, uh, I do have some, um, what? I think right here. You have yeah. some already? Yeah, I do. I have a, and when I say some, I mean like probably a lot. They had to be extra. Oh, dude, they're twenty dollars a pack. Yeah, yeah, they yeah they so you paid fifteen dollars more for a pack. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did. Uh, did I pull any good cards? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Um, yeah. So here's a Jafar and here's a Mulan, just so you can see that I'm not. Uh, oh my joking. gosh. Yeah, That's they're great awesome. looking cards. They're great looking cards. I did pull some nice cards. Um, I think I, did I put them in a binder already? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Uh, but I did pull some decent ones. I can't. My local card shop has them. Well, had them. I was in uh in Alaska when they when they had them. They sold out that opening weekend. Yeah. Um, can't wait to get more. I, I I'm semi interested in playing the game. Uh, don't know how into the game I could get. I but I I'm curious to try it. Yeah, it's fun. 
I, I like the like Marvel Snap, how it does everything for you, how it does the animations for you, how it does the yeah. I like that kind of stuff. I don't know how much I'd like a physical card game, but I'm going to try it. Definitely going to try it. I downloaded an app that Joe told me to download and we played once before I was before I went on vacation. I haven't been able to get on my computer since to play, but I'm, I'm excited to try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely fun. I'm definitely getting into the whole lorcana meta nonsense all the different cards and what they do together and all the fun stuff you can do with right the combinations and um you could buy the cards like i did for 20 dollars a pack a couple like a month ago (laughs) get them in the stores uh but you also play it online and man is it fun to be free uh when you just play it online (laughs) no no cost to you whatsoever (laughs) chris what'd you do this week in disney this week in Disney, I did a couple of things, actually. So on the plane ride back from uh, from Seattle, Emily and I watched episode one of Ahsoka. We watched episode two. I think it was two nights ago, and we are both loving it. Uh, had no idea that the most recent episode came out last night. I was watching that Tim Robinson show. I think you should leave by myself yes. with Emily right next to you while she was watching TikToks on her phone. But I had no <laughs> idea that Ahsoka premiered on Tuesday nights. And I, I forgot now reading that they do premiere a night earlier than Dude, usual. It, it's a night early, but also it's so specific. It's like 9 p.m. Really? Um, Eastern time. Yeah. So see, it's very, not even like very all weird. day. It's like a specific time on Tuesday, which I think is so weird. Yeah. But I watched the first episode and I watched part of the second oh, episode. What'd you think? I'm liking it so far. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know if you get this, but it's almost like it's not Ahsoka. Like if What do you, you mean? Like the character, the way she acts. If you were to say like this is just some other per, other character that has similar styles of Ahsoka. I would totally believe you. I don't. Okay. When she's talking and doing stuff, mm-hmm. I'm not like, there's Ahsoka from Clone Wars. Like, no. Yeah. It's, it's someone yeah. different. And yeah, she has aged, you know, timeline wise, and she's gotten older and more wiser, and she's, you know, perfected her craft. She's not a Padawan mm-hmm. anymore. But right. um, uh, I think so far, I like it. I like how it's going. I saw a funny picture online. I said, uh, why does this look so familiar? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's Lost Treasure, or Treasure Planet, Treasure Planet, because the map is a circular thing, and that's what they did in Treasure Planet. Was the map was a circular? <laughs> I, yeah, thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. I I get that, but I also like I've not finished Clone Wars yet. I'm working on. I think I'm on season four. I'm slowly trekking through. I'm reluctantly trekking through because I don't want it to end. I I really enjoy Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah. But did you watch Rebels at all? No, I have not watched Rebels. Okay, that's both of our problem is that this is supposed to be like another season of Rebels, essentially, is from what I've been reading. Uh, Dave Filoni is producing this show, and I think he's directing this show. I'm not sure if he... Uh, I'm not I think positive, he is. But he, I think I saw his name has, a lot. His hand is on this show, right? And he's the one that introduces to Ahsoka. He's the one that, that introduces to Sabine Wren and Hera Sandula. And this is essentially like another season of, of Rebels, but live action. So okay. I think I gotta watch. I think we have to watch Rebels first. I think Ahsoka. Okay. Um, I think Ahsoka matures a lot more in Rebels. So I think that's the Ahsoka we're seeing. She's in Rebels. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So this Saturday we'll watch Rebels together. We'll hold hands and watch Rebels. Uh, <laughs> sounds good to me. Virtually hold hands because we are a little bit far far away from each other. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I'm really liking. I'm really liking the show. I was talking to um to uh one of our Patreon members, Sean. 
who is Nick from Sandpiper's husband. Uh, we talk Star Wars stuff all the time. I was talking to him about how everything that Disney Plus touches that's Marvel related is not great. Like there's been a couple good things, but mm-hmm. not great overall. Yeah. And everything, everything that Disney Plus has touched Star Wars has been amazing. What did I say, Chris, two years ago, three years ago? I don't know. All I know is that you say, I could watch a romantic comedy based on Tatooine, and I'd like it. It's any Star Wars stuff. It's going to be good. Just give me the Star Wars universe, and you have a successful show, no matter the concept, no matter what's going on. It's going to be good. And I always said that before, like, before, I'm a Star Trek fan. I know, mm-hmm. I know I like Disney. We're going to cut that. I'm a Star Trek <laughs> fan. And I've always said why I like Star Trek over Star Wars back in the day was there's so much more Star Trek con- stuff. You know, when you watch Next Gen, when you watch Deep Space Nine, when you watch all these show episodes and these series, you're like, okay, so like I've seen way more Star Trek than I've seen Star Wars. Of course, I like mm-hmm. it more. But now Star Wars is starting to pump out the good stuff. There's Star Star Trek coming out. It's still decent. But Star Wars is starting to pump out the different kind of shows. And I think that is great. I love it. So I did just get a reminder in chat from Mike who said, not everything. Book of Boba Fett sucks. And I do. I I understand how people didn't like that show. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. But yeah, it was exactly. It was fun. And Book of Boba Fett is better than the worst Marvel Disney Plus series. You Which know what is? I mean? The worst one? I've, I haven't seen Ms. Marvel yet, so I'm not sure. I think the worst <laughs> one would probably be... Oh, Secret Invasion was the worst one, in my opinion. Secret Invasion was pretty bad. Yeah. I didn't like Moon Knight, um, though. Moon Knight I liked because I'm a weird Egyptian god lover. I love Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon Dark Winter pitch. Soldier was good, not great. We're, we're reading we're reading these chat as they come in live uh and and mike also said loki is the only good marvel plus series and loki i think is the only great marvel plus great series. it's the only great one yeah for yeah because sure. i think there's good one well, wandavision was up there i loved wandavision it was it was definitely good yeah not getting too too sidetracked with all of my banter <laughs> on on disney plus uh, WandaVision is good, but ages poorly. Ryan adds, and yeah, um, I, on a weekly basis, WandaVision was amazing. It, it did it age poorly? Yeah, yeah, it, it aged poorly, but it was. It's not bad. It's not bad. Anyway, the other thing I did this week in Disney um, is I received um, the newest Star Wars Tops trading cards, and I just opened them a couple uh, hours yeah. ago at my kitchen table. Uh-huh. And I got some decent cards. Now you're guaranteed three numbered cards per box, and I got two in the one box. So now I'm disputing that with Tops, which is so much fun, Alex. Let me let me let me tell you, because mm-hmm. uh, they never respond. Uh, so I did I did I did reach out to them, waiting for a response back. I did get a nice fifty out of fifty, so numbered fifty out of fifty card okay. of a Yoda. And I'll tell you what, Alex, I got to send you some pictures of these cards because these the artwork on these cards is awesome. Um, it's all retro looking art. And they have this new uh, insert set they have. It's all uh, Japanese samurai styled reimagined uh, reimagined uh, cards. They have Darth like Vader that. and Stormtroopers and Boba Fett. That's it's so very, cool. Yeah, very cool. And they I also had those. 40th anniversary Return of the Jedi inserts in there, um, different posters. And my favorite card that I got is just a base card that I that I received. It's not numbered. 
but it was called Wingman, and it's Mando and Grogu, and Grogu's got a like, nice little smile on his face in the cockpit, and it's just the coolest card. I collect, uh, that's my, my PC, as the people in the trading uh, card hobby call it, my personal collection, is uh, I collect all the characters from the, uh, the shows, and I, I collect bounty hunters, so that's going right in my PC. Uh, really happy with that card. You know what's funny is you sent me a picture a couple of days ago. You came home, you looked at your your trading cards, and you <laughs> saw one that's signed. And you're like, dude, look at this. Because it's so funny is on the podcast, you said, I really have to buy one of these now. Yep. And what would be home? You had bought one in the past. Yeah. So uh, what Alex is referring to is we did an episode a couple weeks ago on Jim Cummings. And I said, man, would I love an a Hondo Jim Cummings autograph card? Yes. <laughs> Two days ago was the first day I made it back to my office in about a month because I think I said in the podcast, I tore my Achilles tendon. So I did. I was not able to drive to my uh, office. I was transported to my office the other day. I'm looking through my box of autograph cards and I'm talking like horrible bottom of the rim cards, Alex. Uh, Imperial uh, Imperial Stormtrooper. I'm talking bartender. That's a real card. Bartender. Father of the Mandalorian. <laughs> Here's some bad <laughs> autograph cards. And then I get to Hondo, Jim Cummings, uh, which is now sitting on my TV stand because I had to put it in a safe spot. Yeah. I was like, wow, I got a Hondo card. I don't have to spend $35 on this now. <laughs> the funny is, it would have been even funnier if I never made it to the office, ordered one online, yeah. and then months from now found it. Glad I saved myself. Uh, glad I saved myself, thirty-five to forty bucks. <laughs> but anyway, that's all I did uh, this week in Disney. Um, before I get into next week on Disney's, I want to thank our Patreon Ryan. He pitched in with the history. Uh, we kind of did a. We kind of tag teamed it. We, I did part of it. He did a little bit. Then I finished it up, and uh, we did. We worked on it together in that fashion. It was. It was. It, it was really helpful. You know, it's funny when I like I was pulling up the history, continue working on it. And I'm like, what? I didn't write this paragraph. And then I looked <laughs> on and Ryan said he had worked on it a little bit. And I was like, oh, OK, cool, cool. I thought I had written something in my sleep and was sleep typing. I don't know. Uh, but Ryan, one of our Patreon members, also has a podcast. Isn't that right, Chris? He does. And if you want to check Ryan's podcast out, which I highly recommend if you're into James Bond, and whatever he might do next, his podcast is called Cases of Continuity. And Ryan is just such a good uh, researcher. He's very intelligent. He gets all the facts and gets all the behind the scenes stuff down. That's what I like most about it. Alex, I'm not a huge James Bond fan, but I'm a huge film fan. And Ryan digs deep into the filmmaking process and the finding of the actors and the stories of the of the um films and believe it or not the continuity of the films in in you know with because how many how many james bond films are there alex too many oh, for me to count on two hands. Lot, i don't think i can lot. count that high don't there's think a count lot that of high. them there's a lot of this them. season of james bond might last three years i think because of how many james bond films there are yeah no but uh ryan dives into the books he dives into the movies he dives into the actors and you, you figure out how uh people like uh, i don't know sean connery got their start as james bond really really interesting podcast even if you don't even particularly like james bond but like film really fascinating podcast i recommend it couldn't recommend it more alex cases of continuity by our very own ryan yeah i, I i'm like you i'm not a giant james bond fan i've seen a bunch of the movies i mean pierce brosnan is my james bond 
which just mm -hmm. shows you how much James Bond I've watched. Not a lot of the classics, you know, but I definitely, um, definitely think it's a great series for sure. Yeah, definitely. Got to respect it. If you don't like James Bond, still got to respect it. Um, okay, so next week on Diz His, we're going to be doing the history of Disney voice actress Verna Felton, who voiced many historic roles like the Fairy Godmother, Queen of Hearts, and Flora. Well, listen, if you just listen to, I don't know what, uh, how long is this, Alex? It might be over an hour. It might be over an hour. This might be over an hour. So if you listen to over an hour or less, maybe like, all right, we'll say 50 to 60 minutes of the, of the Disney's podcast, and you still can't get enough? No worries. You can get more of us. Head over to our Patreon, which you can find our, in our link tree in every episode description. Or just go on Patreon and, and search Diz's bot. We'll pop up. Guarantee it. Join us for $2 a month. As little as $2 a month. You can give us more because you get more chances to win prizes. Yep. You get more chances to win prizes. And over on Patreon, you get to get some of the cutting room floor materials that does not make it to the podcast itself. So you may be ending this podcast. And then there's another five, six, seven minutes of, of fun banter that Chris and I yeah. had. Yeah. And listen, if this is NSFW, do not listen to it with the kids around. Please. That's true. Do not. But you're going to want to hear it because it's pretty funny. Uh, you can find us over at uh, Patreon. Like I said, you can also write for us on our official Diz His Pod blog. Super fun. We've had a couple of Patreon members do that. Not to mention you get giveaways. Find us on social media in our link tree. There's just so, so much. Please check out our link tree. I spent at least 10 minutes uh, designing that link tree. I would really like you, for you guys to see it. So you can find, <laughs> us over, find us over there. That's the his on the world of motion. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I'm Alex. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. <laughs>